Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we're praying God's promises. It's Sunday, March 6th. And at this point, we've been discussing... Uh, Things that might may block the flow of the answer, uh, things that may uh, block the blessing in our lives, and aspects of God's answers that we um, may not have a, a full understanding. Uh, the answers are promised to us, and God is faithful. But sometimes there are things that are not lined up with the way God needs them to be lined up in our lives before he gives us the answer. And so we need to take a look at some of these aspects of his answer so that uh, we have a, an understanding of how things work and so that we do not become disappointed in the natural. We need to trust the Lord and uh, his way of doing things is perfect. And many times when things don't go the way that we want them to go or they don't go in the timing that we desire, uh, we think we're not getting an answer. But sometimes it's one of these other aspects that has to uh, fall into place. And then our hindsight is much better than uh, the circumstances that we face in the current time frame. So God will work it for good, but it will be in his plan and in his time. So uh, we had talked about obedience and then last week started to talk about time. And I did give a handout uh, because this can be a little bit uh, confusing at first. I wanted to start with just the basic foundation of, as to what time is. And we went through a lot of scriptures last week to point out the difference. Uh, in Vine's New Testament dictionary, there are two definitions for the word time. In Greek, the word kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S, means uh, primarily due fitness, due measure, proportion, to signify a season, a time, a period, possessed of certain characteristics. And this is frequently stated as time or times uh, in the Bible. Uh, sometimes you'll see the word season for the Greek word kairos. And uh, kairos uh, time is marked by certain features. And it marks a quality. Now... The other word in the Greek for time is chronos, C-H-R-O-N-O-S. And this denotes a space of time, and it doesn't matter whether it's long or short, and it implies duration. So you'll have words like all the time, or at all seasons. And then sometimes it's used to refer to the date of an occurrence, 
uh, in the past or a date of an occurrence that will happen in the future. So uh, chronos is more of a duration of a period of time and it marks a quantity. Uh, Basically, uh, Kairos refers to man and Kronos is more referable to God. Now time is a restrictive concept devised by God in dealing with man. And earthly time is marked as 7,000 years, but it expands into eternity, both before that 7,000 years of earth and then when Jesus comes again and uh, the earth is destroyed and the new Jerusalem comes down that's eternity at that point so God is in um, see, God is in Kairos man functions in Kronos I might have got that backwards God is in Kairos concept of time man functions in Kronos and I don't know that that means a whole lot, but it just, it needs to be set up as a foundation. Now the book of Genesis details the creation of heavenly bodies to mark night and day, seasons, days, and years. And our God, Yehovah, is a God of timing, seasons, and cycles. And there are over 800 verses in the Bible in which God declares that he is concerned with these time frames. Now God has his sacred calendar, which is a prophecy for redemption. And then man developed his own set of calendars and chronos time. Um, I don't know if, if you've ever had to use a magnetic card and um, slide it through a a computer uh, for work to show that you're clocking in and clocking out there are programs called chronos I know when I worked at the hospital we had chronos when I worked at the turnpike plaza for HMS host they use chronos chronos is man's time and it measures everything's exactly measured out you're clocking in at this time you're clocking out at that time um, and it's used to track specific periods of time now, uh, we use the Gregorian calendar, which is based on the sun, and then we also have a fiscal year calendar. Uh, and that's used for tracking finances and business and funding for the government. So we, we operate off of a couple different calendars, the Gregorian calendar and the fiscal calendar. Now, the Jews have their civil year calendar which contains secular, historical, and dates of <coughs> celebration, as well as the more important sacred calendar, which centers on God's appointed times and festivals. And the sacred calendar of the Jews, which is God's calendar, is based on the lunar, the moon cycle. So we're, we run our Gregorian on the sun, phases of the sun, and uh, God's calendar and what the Jews use for their sacred calendar is based on the moon cycle, the lunar cycles. 
Now God does have special dates and seasons on his calendar for man's observance. And if you read through Leviticus chapter 23, they're all detailed out. Uh, you'll also find it in Numbers and in uh, other, other parts of the Torah. God's calendar is for the sake of worship and divine encounters where he reveals his nature and character to us. It prompts us to remember God's great deeds, to celebrate his abundant goodness, to worship him for his glorious acts yet to come, and to examine and evaluate our personal relationships with him. However, God himself, who is Elohim, the creator God, is not restricted by time or space. God functions in more dimensions than we can imagine. He eternally was, is, and shall be. I am that I am. I am that I am. He's always existing in the present, but he knows he has existed forever and ever. There is no end. What may seem like a long time to us is but a blip in the continuum of God's eternal existence. God is immutable and unchangeable. He is not touched by time. His power does not diminish over time. Whatever he did before, he can do now. He does not diminish or degenerate over time as man does. God is immutable in his counsel, which means that his counsel never changes. Also, since God functions without time limits, his spiritual law of faith is a higher law than man-made time. Faith takes you above the restrictions of time. An example would be an instantaneous healing that in man's estimation would take a long time. A prayer prayed on television would still be effective when we see it as a rerun program, yet we can still claim the promises and blessings in that prayer at the time that we hear it. Faith is a higher law than time. Faith is above time. Faith dictates to time. Faith is a spiritual law. Time is a physical concept which can be manipulated by the Creator God. Prayer with faith overcomes time. Uh, let's start with Psalm 139. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. I'm sorry, Psalm. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. You there, are you there, Ed? For you did not form my inward 
parts you did not knit me together in my mother's womb. I will confess and praise you for you are fearful and wonderful and for the awful wonder of my birth. Wonderful are your works and that my inner self knows right well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret and intricately and, and curiously wrought as if in depths of the earth a region of darkness and mystery. Your eyes saw my unformed substance and your book all the days of my life was written before thy took shape when as yet there was none of them. Okay. There were none of them. Okay. Uh, the NIV says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to me. God already ordained our days and the steps and timing in those days at the creation of all that is created within him. This verse points out that we didn't just come into being when we were born out of our mother's womb. We were actually created back in eternity before the earth was ever formed. God already had thought of us. He already had us created in him. He already knew our names. He already knew everything that we would think, say, and do in our lives. He would know whether, we, whether or not we would accept Jesus. He knew everything about us back before the earth was even created. Everything that is came out of God. Everything came out of Him. And so there is no restriction on what God sees and knows about us we always were with God it was just a matter of him bringing us into the physical realm when we were born here but he brought us out of the spiritual into the natural realm for a brief blip of time in him uh, the same thing will happen when we die, and we've talked about this before. You know, when our earth, earthly body, our earth suit dies, our spirit will still remain, and it will remain forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So we just basically, our spirit always existed, and when we, when the physical body drops off, we just step on out into the eternity before us and there'll be no pain no sting of death it, we will always exist anyone have any comments about this or have any questions
According to the Word of God, the primary work of God is for us to believe in Jesus Christ and to begin to work for God. This is a note in my Bible. After coming to know Christ, the new Christian discovers God's program for the present work in the believer. It actually introduces a process of becoming like Christ, which God promises ultimately to bring to perfection. The Christian's cheerful obedience to God's will, as revealed in his word, helps speed this work along. And this is off of the um, line 14, fearfully and wonderfully made. So I find that interesting that when we look at how God made us, and we know that our soul knows him so deeply, and we become born again, then our primary purpose is to start working for him and to try to make ourselves more like his image. God created us for companionship with free will. Mm -hmm. He wants us to come to love him. He's not a puppeteer uh, making puppets out of us. So he gave us free will and he wants our love and he wants companionship with us. The other reason he created us was to glorify him. And there are lots of scriptures throughout the Bible talking about Jesus came that he may glorify his Father. And everything we are to do is to glorify the Father, not to glorify ourselves. But we are here for companionship and to give him the glory for it. Let's go uh, back to Psalm 145. 145. Verses 15 and 16. Do you want to read that, Taylor? Okay. The eyes of all look to thee, and thou dost give them their food in due time. Thou dost open thy hand and dost satisfy the desire of every living thing. Okay, so we're, we're looking at time here. Um, you say due time, uh, the NIV says uh, proper time, and the Amplified says you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy every living thing with favor. So he does everything in the proper, appropriate time. Okay, now let's go to the next book of Proverbs. Proverbs 16, verse 9. Okay. Would you like to read that, Ryan? In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Okay. So we can, we can make our plans, but uh, the Lord's going to determine each and every step, and it's going to be in his proper timing. Um, and then uh, this directs us back to... Where did I see it? I like that. 
And if it's not what he wants, we're not going to get what we want. Okay, and then uh, the Amplified refers you to Proverbs 20, verse 24. So go ahead and read that then, Ryan. Okay. Wait, I'm sorry, Proverbs 20, 20, 20, verse 24. A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? Okay, that's good because uh, it's his, uh, how can a man understand his way? So, and yours says his own way. So, you know, we, we make all kinds of plans, and we have plan A, and then if plan A doesn't work, we go to plan B. We pray to God, and we ask Him to bless our plans, and uh, it doesn't always work out the way that we plan. We're not always going to get because, what we want. Because uh, God is in control, and it's going to be His way and in His time. Hmm. Okay. Now, uh, let's go to the Old Testament, to Jeremiah. See, that's past. Just keep going towards the back. You're going to have uh, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, chapter 10. And just one verse, 23. Tom, if you could read hey, that. this is good news. Lord, I know that no one is the master of his own destiny. No person has control over his own life. Okay. And the NIV says, I know, O, o Lord, that a man's life is not his own. It is not for a man to direct his steps. And then the Amplified says, O Lord, pleads Jeremiah in the name of the people, I know that the determination of the way of a man is not in himself, it is not in man, even in a strong man or in a man at his best, to direct his own steps. So that, that really says yeah, it doesn't matter who you are or think who you think you are. Yeah, we're not as good as God. Right. That's That's... Boy, this would come as That's a big a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know. Well, I, they'd be a little bit shocked. I'm a self-made man. Yeah, yeah, even a strong man's not as yeah. good as God. I, you know, these people, I'm a self-made man. Well, no, you didn't make yourself. God made you, and he gave you all the gifts, talents, abilities, resources, made connections for you so that you could, you know, do well. But you didn't do it totally on your own. No. I'm hoping our politicians know this. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Let's not open up that okay, Pandora's box. Okay. Um, you know, we have free will, and we can make choices that will determine the path of our lives, but only within God's sovereign will, God's overall plan. So we can take little paths, good or bad, but he's going to have parameters put on us. There's going to be boundaries. Mm -hmm. God determines the outside boundaries and the timing that fits his plan. 
So we can be real busy setting ourselves up and doing this and running here and running there and doing this. But it's only going to be within his outside boundaries. And if, if we do it, try to do it totally on our own, uh, things may not work so well. And we're going to bump up against his boundaries and his timing. Now let's go to the New Testament, to the Gospel of John. Okay, uh, John 13, verse 7. Okay, we're back to you, Ed, if you'd like to read. Jesus said to him, you do not understand now what I am doing, but you, but you will understand later on. Okay. You do not realize now what, am I, what I am doing, but later you will understand. So we do not always understand what is happening in our concept and in our constriction of time. But God's full plan will be revealed to us in his timing. And he's not restricted by time. Okay. Let me just uh, read this because it's just a really short sentence. Psalm 90. Uh, verse 12 teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom so this is what we need to do we need to ask God to teach us direct us guide us and give us the plan for how to uh, go day by day in our everyday lives and we ask him for his wisdom put your wisdom into my mind Put your wisdom into my heart and make me obedient to it. So this is how, even though we don't always understand God's timing when he answers our prayers, we can pray to him and ask him for his wisdom and guidance as to how we should proceed. Okay. Habakkuk 2 verse 3. For the revelation awaits an appointed time, it speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it, it will certainly come and will not delay. Now, we may think it dela it's delayed, but it's not delayed in God's way of thinking. We need to wait for God's revelation and timing, and we need to have faith that God's word and the answer will come to pass. Are you talking John 2, 3? No, Habakkuk. 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 What? Habakkuk. From the, it's one of the minor prophecy books in uh, the Old uh, Testament. Uh, okay. How yeah. do you spell this? H-A-B-A-K-K-U-K. That's one of those books that's only like a couple pages. Yeah. So that's why I thought I'll just read it. Okay. Because the point is, uh, we need to ask for God's wisdom and not try to do everything in our own way. Okay. Now I said we were going to establish a foundation about time, the concept of time. And we're not going to get into um, <coughs> 
studying in detail all the uh, Jewish uh, sacred holidays that are in God's sacred calendar. Uh, but we do just we need to understand a little bit from our Jewish roots. And the more you do uh, begin to learn about the Jewish sacred calendar, then the more you can bring that up and relate it to uh, the way we celebrate uh, the religious holidays. And you can see that there are certain times and seasons, the kairos of God, that can uh, affect our spiritual life and affect the blessings in the way that they flow through us. So I want to give you a Hebrew word, and most of you probably already know this word, uh, the Hebrew word moed, M-O-E-D. Moed is an appointed time. It's a set time and place. So it also brings in a concept of not just time, but the place. Time and space. And then the plural form is moedim. M-O-E-D-I-M. These are appointed times or seasons. They are special times that God has chosen and appointed for a specific purpose. So if we go back uh, to Leviticus 23, I'm just going to give you a, a concept, a basic concept here. We're not going to start studying all the Moedim in Leviticus and Numbers. But at some point, I do have video on this, I have teachings on it, and uh, if at some time you want to do it, maybe we could do it here or do it at my house as an extra teaching. Let me get it in my own ID because that's Leviticus is just full of notes here. Oh, you said chapter twenty-three. Leviticus twenty-three. And if you ever want to go into studying the the sacred days and weeks on God's calendar, uh, Leviticus twenty-three is uh, one of the main chapters. To understanding that, and we're we're in the Passover. We're coming in up into Passover, which is Pesach. And uh, when you start actually studying all this, you'll get a fuller understanding of what we do, why we do it, and how it relates back. The New Testament relating back to the Old Testament celebration of Passover. So, um, let's see, Leviticus twenty-three. Let me find it in my other Bible here. Okay, it should just fall right open to it. It never does. <laughs> okay, Leviticus 23, uh, verses 1 and 2. And this is the nutshell. Do you want to read that, Ryan? Yeah. You have the NIV. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, These are my appointed feasts, the appointed feasts of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. Okay. 
And, and then in the Amplified it says, The Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The set feast or appointed seasons of the Lord, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations, even my set feast are these. And then it goes into verse 3, and throughout that chapter it gives you all the details of God's Moedim, which are his appointed set times. And these times are all set uh, according to the phases of the moon, the lunar cycle. Um, a lot of our holidays, you know it's the same day every year. But with the Jewish sacred holidays, they are based on the full moon, the new moon, and then there are things on earth that relate to the full moon, like uh, when the barley comes into fullness and is ready for harvest. And, and, and they set uh, Pesach, Passover is based on the ripeness and, and readiness for harvest of the, the barley in connection to when does that moon become full. So it's a different day every year. And, and actually that's how then our Easter, our Passover and Easter Sunday all relate back to that Jewish tradition. And that's why our Easter does not fall on the same day every year. Uh, it can be mind-boggling. So, you know, it's something that you have to go in and study over and over and take notes and get it into your head because it's so different from the way that we normally function in Western world. You know, we want our days to be the same every year, you know, every year. And that oh, yeah. day, in the Jewish way of thinking, everything relates to God and His calendar, and so their whole lives are very flexible and fluid, mm -hmm. because everything relates to God in their way of thinking, if they are the practicing right. Jews. And this year you hear a lot of people screaming, why is Easter so early? Yeah. Well... There it is. Yeah, it's God's timing. God's timing, not ours. Okay, in Leviticus and Numbers, God set his appointed times for special feasts, worship, offerings, pilgrimages, thanksgiving, Shemitah, which is a year of rest, and Jubilee. And obeying the prescriptions for these Moedim, determine the blessing in a person's life. So the Jews uh, were uh, <coughs> very conscious of and absolutely obeyed the letter of the law <coughs> in honoring God during the Moedim because if you didn't you wouldn't have the fullness of God's blessing on your whole life. If you didn't do what God prescribed in the fall of the year, which was the Jewish New Year, uh, that affected the whole coming year, whether or not you were having a blessing or you had the absence of a blessing, which is the absence of the blessing is essentially a curse on your life. So they uh, totally followed everything that was prescribed in Leviticus and Numbers. This was a law from the Lord through Moses to his his chosen people. Now, and so, and I'll just mention this too. Uh, these things are also um, are a lot of these things are observed by the modern day Messianic Jews and the Christians, 
we're just not, a lot of us just are not aware that they all go back to the Old Testament laws and they're the basis uh, for the way we celebrate now. <coughs> uh, let's go to, uh, to Ecclesiastes <coughs> chapter 3. Yes, Psalms, <laughs> Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Very popular. Okay, and I said chapter 3. Hmm. Okay. Starting at verse 1. And we're going to go uh, from 1 through 17, and I'd like to read this out of the Amplified. And I want you to pay attention to time, times and seasons, because this is just practically every verse has those words in it. And hopefully this will help you understand that it's under God's timing. To everything there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What profit remains for the worker from his toil? I have seen the painful labor and exertion and miserable business which God has given to the sons of men with which to exercise and busy themselves. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, a divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Yet so that men cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be glad and to get and do good as long as they live. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whatever God does, it endures forever. Nothing can be added to it nor anything taken from it. And God does it so that men will reverently fear him, worship and revere him, knowing that he is. That which is now already has been, and that which is to be already has been. And God seeks that which has passed by so that history repeats itself. Moreover, I saw under the sun 
that in the place of justice there was wickedness, and that in the place of righteousness wickedness was there also. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time appointed, a moedim, a moed, for every matter and purpose and for every work. Jesus is our ultimate and eternal Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Who are we to question his authority and timing? He knows the whole picture and he knows what is best. If he grants a petition for us in our will and timing, the consequences could be disappointing and even disastrous. It's like the problem in which we decide on a solution, then ask him to bless our thinking rather than asking him for his solution, which is the best and blessed solution. We need to trust and rest in God's plan and timing. Father knows best. Habakkuk 2 verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it hastens to the end, the fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come. It will not be behindhand on its appointed day. Uh, I'd like to share something. Okay, that'd be good. What time do we have here? Quarter to Oh, good. We have first time. In verse 11, in Ecclesiastes 3, in this book, Good News, it says, He has set the right time for everything. That's difficult mm -hmm. to comprehend. I know it's true, mm -hmm. but do we always comprehend that? I don't think so. Well, sometimes we're headstrong, wanting things our way, our time. That means every day, every moment, every aspect of your life, yeah. Give it over to God and His We time need to and go time. further. It's uh, hard for mankind to allow God to direct everything in their lives. Right. Yeah, we have choices to make, and some of them are more important than others. But we let have to give Him, give our will over to Him and let him determine what is best for us and then follow through and be obedient to his directions. And uh, well, meaning, that means we have to give up that control. <laughs> meaning he has set, he has established. God knows what is good for us. It's, you know, surrendering, surrendering to him. And he does care about the little things as well as the big things. I like the way you said Daddy Knows Best. Wasn't that the... Father Knows Best was Father a TV, knows best. TV the, program. Father Knows TV Best. Program. I knew that there was something in my head that was well, sticking there. Well, actually it's Father. our Creator God <laughs> and our Covenant God that knows best. <laughs> Yehovah, our Creator God, 
Yahweh, who is our covenant God. Adonai, who is Lord over our lives. And there's so many aspects of God that handle every aspect of our lives. And he's well able and he's well pleased to take care of us. And he's well pleased to give us the answers to our prayers, but he, he likes to do it in his way, in his timing. So, you know, we, 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 we did all those weeks on talking about resting in God and standing on his promises and having patience and being surrendered to his will and his way and being obedient to his directions. And that all flows together in this surrendering to his sovereign plan and his perfect plan for each one of us. Okay, let's go to James 5, verse 7, and we'll finish this, this thought. Yeah, that's going back towards Revelation. Hebrews, then James. Okay, James 5, verse 7, and Tom? Okay, this is good news. Be patient, then, my brothers, until the Lord comes. See how patient a farmer is as he waits for the, his land to produce crops. He waits patiently for the autumn and spring rains. Okay. Uh... The Amplified says, uh, so be patient, brethren, as you wait. As you wait. See how the farmer waits expectantly. So wait with confident expectation. Be active in your waiting and be in your patience. And then it will come and you'll get that precious harvest. You'll get that answer to your prayer in the proper time. And when it talks about the early and later, later rains, not only does it talk about the physical rains for growing the crops in our natural land, but the early and later rains are the, um, the flowing in of the Holy Spirit. And um, we're in the later rains. The flowing of the Holy Spirit into our lives. This verse can be dissected on several levels. And basically, you can talk about this verse based on the prophecy of end times, uh, patience, soul winning, timing. And the point of timing is that planting and harvesting is a progression from obtaining the seed, preparing the soil, planting the seed, caring for the seed and plant, pruning as necessary, and then harvesting. So it's a, it's a progression. As, and as a gardener, I know that each step must be done in the proper time. It has to be done in the proper time, proper place, 
proper uh, grow zone, climate zone, type of soil. Everything must be done the way God dictates for that seed to germinate and grow into a plant and then produce the fruit of the plant. Trying to do something in the wrong time will not bring the desired results, but careful observation and following of instructions may be very fruitful and enjoyable. So, the Bible has uh, lots of verses that go back uh, to relate to agriculture, planting and reaping. And people understand these basic concepts. So this is something we might want to think about during the week. The planting and, and the watering and the fertilizing and all of that. And then we'll be able to reap a wonderful harvest. Do you have any comments on any of this? Thoughts, questions? Okay. Then we'll pick this up next week and start talking uh, more about timing and how to work with, within that concept. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.